Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. All right, here we are. Golden Gold Podcast. What is this? Episode five now. Um, I'm your host, Drew Collins, joined as always by James Carr. James, um, you know, we, we had to follow it up in a different way after our last guest. Uh, we went a different route, and I think he's as big a personality, probably just not in the type of world that we're used to talking with people in. Hello? Hey, sorry. What? Did you address me? I was totally distracted. Yeah, dude. I addressed you. I said, um, <laughs> sorry, Drew. No, I was, I, I mean, let me let me provide some context. I'm standing outside of the Gold Dome in uh, in beautiful Atlanta, where there is no parking. Just having attended a uh, clean air rally, uh, thanking President Obama, which you can imagine was a little bit sparse here in, yeah, in Georgia. Yeah. But um, yes, my apologies for for being elsewhere for a second. Um, <laughs> uh, so yes, continue. Yeah, well, I was saying how uh, it's going to be hard to top our guest from last week, um, but I think we we may have have met that level probably just in a different world or different realm. Um, we have Jimmy Kempton. Follow him on Twitter at UK Betting Pro. Jimmy uh, is over the pond. He doesn't know how he's going to get home. Interestingly enough, he's staying on late with us to talk. He said the trains aren't working. Um, Jimmy, you you specialize in handicapping uh, all the leagues, well, I don't say all the leagues, but all the leagues maybe in England or a couple of tiers of leagues in England, um, and we're really excited to have you on. Tell everyone a, a little bit about what's going on with your travel situation at the moment, though. Well, yeah, hi, Drew. Hi, James. Great to be on with you. Yeah, the uh, the London Underground Tube uh, network has ground to a halt as all the tube drivers are demanding extra pay as they're now going to have to be working a little bit later into the evening through the night. Uh, just to put it into context, I uh, don't want to degrade their job at all, but for $75,000 a year, they press a button to go stop and a button to press go. However, that doesn't seem to be enough. So well. they are holding all 7 million of us Londoners to ransom. And, uh, yeah, they've stopped. And the buses are overcrowded. The boats are overcrowded. And, yeah, so it's going to be a long eight-mile hike home, however I get there. Wow. I'm going to need to go try to get one of those jobs. That sounds like I can get a lot more accomplished than just hit a button every now and then, Jimmy. You know, it pays a little more than uh, podcasting for, for almost the same skills. <laughs> That's <just about> right. <laughs> um, well, what we wanted to do on this podcast uh, for everyone is is bring Jimmy on to talk about the EPL. And this could be our, our – season preview of the EPL, get everyone's um, prospects on the upcoming season. It seems like it was just yesterday. I mean, it was probably only like, what, two or three months ago that the season ended. You know, here in America, uh, Jimmy, we wait, what, like eight or nine months for football to come back. And so, it, it, you know, everybody gets ramped up over here. Um, it's a little bit different over there. It seems like soccer is constantly going on. So uh, James and I do not have anything to run out as far as material goes. But 
Um, what what is the feeling like over there getting ready for the the new season to come about? To be honest, it almost sort of as you were saying in the the NFL sphere and the college sphere, there's a there's a heck of a build up and there's anticipation starts growing probably in May time. And you've got a you know a four month lag into the season. However, over here it kind of just creeps up on you because there's so many games, so intense throughout the course of the season. People actually a little bit of a little bit pleased for the break, both supporters, betters, players, managers alike. So it has kind of crept up on us. And yeah, and it all kicks off. But once it does kick off, there's the huge levels of excitement that you, that you see in the games. And uh, yeah, everybody over here can't wait for it to begin this weekend. James, um, or excuse me, Jimmy, that, that, that makes sense. That, that makes total sense. Uh, I, I guess my question to you now is, what do you expect this upcoming season? Well, I think it's going to be a lot tighter, the title race, than it has been the last couple of seasons. I think there's probably, you can make the case for the, the big four as such, uh, Chelsea, Man City, Manchester United and Arsenal. So all the gap between all of them appears to be narrowing. I think it's going to be a much closer contest that could really go right down to the wire. And you could probably see in the last couple of weeks any of four teams being in a position to take uh, EPL glory. Would you, would you think it would be fair to say that um, I think in the last couple of years, whilst there may have been, it may have been a bit top-heavy, there was also a bit more competition for those top spots. And it seems like uh, the top four teams um, have really, really solidified and separated themselves from the pack. Do you think that's uh, a fair assessment? Is there going to be maybe more competition for the title, but less competition for the top four? Yeah, I think there's a there's a bet over here in, in the UK that's about plus 110 um, in, in, you know, your betting sphere, that, um, that the top four remains the same. So, you know, the book's seem to think that there's not going to be any change at the top. There's only a really a couple of teams that you could see muscling their way in, and that could be Liverpool or Tottenham. But really, the top four, the economic might seems to grow each year as the TV money gets greater. Um, and, the, you know, the, the worldwide revenue just seems to strengthen these top four clubs. So, yeah, it's going to be very difficult for anybody to break into those four. And, and Jimmy, let me ask you this. I know... Coming from England, and oh, you you may have a little bit of a biased opinion, and certainly here in America, I think we do because the EPL is pretty much it's not all we get to see, but it's it's the main show. You, you know, we fortunately we'll be able to see Bundesliga um, next year, uh, but we don't get to see a whole lot of La Liga. Do you feel like the EPL is the strongest league? I know if you look at uh, contracts and signing of players, I would assume that that they have the highest amount spent, but in your opinion, is the quality uh, number one over there in EPL? I think really it's a very difficult question to to answer because it depends what angle you're coming at it from. I think if you say, is it the most competitive league in the world, then I would definitely say yes, because any given weekend, any team can beat anybody. You know, Chelsea can go to a struggling team and, you know, you would not, you could make a case for them getting beaten. In the other leagues around the world, your La Ligas, Serie A, your Bundesligas, it's not so competitive. I think the quality of play may be higher in other leagues in Europe, but it's certainly the Premiership is the most competitive league for sure.
<clears throat> and it seems like the that England has almost sacrificed their national team to get it that way, wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely. Um, people always say this club before, sorry, country before club. That doesn't really exist in the UK. If you ask any supporter of any team, which would you rather see your team win the Premiership or England do very well? It will always be 95% of the time it will be, I want to see my club succeed and stuff the rest of us. That's just so crazy. You know, when you think about how it is over here in the States, nobody really cares about our MLS teams or how well the players are faring. You know, we do a little bit, but all we put emphasis on is the national team. And I think that's starting to change a little bit. Um, but, it, you know, for us, it's, I think that comes from the historical rivalry, especially in sort of, you know, mm. I work in London and you've probably got three or four big teams and you have to work with the guys every day who support a different oh, yeah. team. And obviously everybody's trying to get one up on, on their work colleagues and their friends. Mm. So I think that probably plays a big part in it. Uh, James, you, I, was, I know you had a question you wanted to ask him. Well, um, in terms of the rivalry, I thought it was, um, I mean, we, you know, you can certainly, um, you can see that drew with college football, um, especially in Atlanta. Um, and I'm, we were talking recently about um, the MLS, sorry to switch gears just slightly, but, um, you know, we're, I, I guess I would say a little bit worried that we won't sort of have that environment, especially down in Atlanta when the team does come here in 2017. Um purely because there's not going to be any team for, what, 500 miles at least, Orlando. So, um, you know, when you think about the MLS product, um, how do you, do you see any sort of way that that could be improved or anything that could be gleaned from the Premier League uh, to sort of fuel those sort of rivalries? Well, I think it's always difficult if you try and sort of place something on people. Rivalries in this country... Um, have developed over decades and almost centuries of, of matches being played. So just to sort of expect one set of supporters to really sort of rival and have almost hatred for another team is quite difficult when you're just starting up. I mean, obviously, I'm not too sure about New York. They have two teams. I'm not sure, you know, if there's, if there's a real rivalry or if it's just being whipped up in the media. I mean, your guys will be more... Um, in the know than me on that. Is is there any rivalry in New York between the two teams? Well, it's a bit hard to say um, in the in the inaugural season for uh, NYCFC, but they certainly seem to be... Um... I mean, have they targeted certain sort of demographics or certain sort of areas of the city to draw their support from, or are they both trying to grab it from everywhere? Yeah, I think that it's more just to try to grab it from everywhere. But they have taken very different approaches. And I think, you know, NYCFC has certainly taken a more, um, I would say, maybe controversial approach uh, just with their immediate um, grab for some of the biggest players immediately in the MLS, but also because they're owned by Manchester City, which is now essentially a global soccer conglomerate. Um, and, of course, you know, may only have actually fielded this team to avoid some of the fair play rules. Um, we'd be interested to see what your perspective is on that. They also had, uh, I believe they founded Melbourne FC, so 
Um, you know, they, they have teams in a variety of different leagues and have already swapped players between all of those teams. Jimmy, you may know it as the Chelsea or Man City type approach where you just go buy them <laughs> the best player. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange um, you, say, you say that, guys, and I, I have a different take on it, really. I come from a small city in England called Lincoln, and we're in the fifth tier of professional football. And everybody or everybody in the media is, is pining for this fair play award. You know, not fair play award, fair play financially. But my dream as a, as a young boy growing up is that my team gets promoted through the five tiers of the football and, and gets to play in the premiership. Now, if financial fair play is implemented in its entirety and, it, and it's with its full intent, there is no way that my team could get promoted all the way it you know we dream of somebody really rich coming and taking us over and getting us through the leagues and if you're going to say that the big any club can only spend a certain percentage of their turnover then surely this is a model designed to keep the rich rich no absolutely i I actually wrote a column about that exact concept for bleacher report and how the fair play rules were actually um, harming the game and, and solidifying almost these franchises that can be branded easily. Um, so, no, I totally agree with you, but um, I think more so what Manchester City is doing is given that there are fair play rules, they have bought teams in other countries, and those teams, so NYCFC signed Frank Lampard, and then they shipped him back to Man City because of no impact to the fair play rules. Yeah, I mean, I, I, teams have all. I mean, to be fair to Man City, teams have always um, sort of done this and made these links uh, with teams abroad. And you know, most of them have done them under the table, nothing contracts signed, sealed, delivered. They've just done it, and they've always loaned players out to the same clubs. Um, so maybe Man City just doing it more brazenly than other teams have done previously, and it's just highlighted more with the financial fair play. And, Jimmy, I know we, were, we wanted to hit on the EPL here, but I, I kind of, you know, while we have you, uh, what, are, what are the thoughts of the MLS over in England? I can't imagine they take it too seriously, or, or do they now with some of the players starting to move over? Well, I think people will always have an interest in their favourite players and how they move on. So Frank Lampard, Steven Gerrard, uh, massive names in the UK and still have you know great fan following, even though they've departed Chelsea and Liverpool. Um, interestingly, Sky Sports, the major uh, subscription sports TV channel over here, have started showing an MLS game um, mainstream on Sunday evenings which kind of, once the English season starts, it will follow on all the way through the day, the English games will finish, and then the MLS will finish it off. So I think there'll be a lot more people watching the games. Whether they will then start to take a real interest in terms of the quality and supporting teams and following the league, or if it will just be uh, the betters one last chance to make the money back for the weekend, (laughs) who knows, but you know, the more eyeballs that are on the screen, you know, it has to be good for the MLS. Wow, I didn't know that. That that could be big. And, you know, Jimmy, something, and I don't necessarily think it correlates here as much because it's the same sport, but 
when I speak to people over here, and you know, we live in or I live in the South as well, um, how passionate fans are about the SEC and college football. Um, I think they can relate to the EPL just because of the passion they see over there and how much it means to the fans. And the one thing the MLS has done is in a lot of these cities, the fans are really into it. And, you know, they, I think the average is 25,000 um, a match, which is, which is strong. And, and so I'm hoping that the English will at least appreciate that and know, you know, maybe say, well, you know, it, it is a little bit bigger than I thought in America. Is that a possibility? Yeah, I mean they um they're certainly a passionate fan base from what the games that I've seen and uh yeah, the English fans will definitely um you know see something of themselves in there. Now, I think again it comes down to like the demographics of the support and you know they they are, right. you know, in certain areas they are more crazier than others. But yeah, definitely I see the English fans are appreciating the passion and uh, and I think maybe because of uh, Soccer has been seen as such a niche sport um, over the years in the States and a minority sport. That's why the fanaticism has grown to such a level because these people have had to be really keen on on their sport to, A, find it on television, find it on the U.S. websites. So, you know, only the passionate ones have stuck with it. Well, let's get to it. I want to get some predictions from you, Jimmy, and not necessarily from a betting angle. I just want to hear what you think um who do you have uh i guess first of all one team give me one team that you think is absolutely getting relegated crikey one team that's absolutely getting relegated well if we're saying not from a betting perspective then Mm -hmm. i do think um watford will struggle yeah okay now newly promoted uh, newly promoted and uh yeah i think they they've not recruited overly well, and I think they will struggle. Well, speaking of gambling, Drew actually just won our side bet as the first person to make you say crikey, so well done, Drew. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I knew that would do it. I I had to try to stump him there a little bit. Um, Now, now Jimmy, give me a team that you think uh, maybe lower to mid-table that you think could could push on this year, maybe like a, a Stoke from last year. I believe they finished fairly well. Yes, they really improved last season and they transitioned a little bit from a more physical and direct team to a team that likes to get the ball down and play some more attractive football. The team I'm really interested in, though, and I think they will do much better than last season, is Newcastle under the new head coach, Steve McLaren. Uh, He's got a great track record of, of working within budgets, improving the players that he's got currently on, on his roster. I mean, they finished 15th last season, I believe. I see no reason why they can't make a push on towards the top 10 because I think that middle group of, say, spots 8 to 16, I think coaching and and management is is a big thing which separates the teams because much of a muchness in terms of quality. And, Jimmy, uh, one more thing. I guess, you know, everybody talks about the top four. It almost has turned into a top six, hasn't it? Yeah, I think Tottenham and Liverpool have separated themselves from the rest. Um, I think Liverpool have recruited really well this summer. It'll be interesting to see how their players fit in that they've purchased. Tottenham have also recruited well, less household names than Liverpool have signed. 
Um, but definitely under their Argentinian coach, they've uh, they've really separated themselves from the rest of the middle tier teams. So let me ask you this: You were talking earlier. Um, it's a almost a fifty-fifty bet. Will uh, the top four be the top four from last year? Do you say yes or no? I say yes. As much okay, as it saddens I'll... me to say, as much as it saddens me to say, because I do like the interchanging and seeing teams progress, but now I think. Uh, my money's on the yes. It'll stay the same. That's sad to me too, Jimmy. As you know. Um, yes. How yes. about this? <laughs> I have to get to it. I have to get to it. Do you? Do you? Who do you tip to win the title? And you know, do you see? Last question. Do you see any value in betting um, EPL anyone to win? I think um, you can't really look past Chelsea uh, under Mourinho. You know, they've got a manager that's gone the course, gone the distance, that's won the title. Um, they've, they've got a pool of 13 or 14 real top quality players. And I think unless they are hit by any key injuries, of which you can never predict, I think they will be the team that will probably just sneak it by a couple of points come the end of the season. James, who do you like? Well, I, I think it's, you know, again, very difficult to look past. Chelsea, um, as as Jimmy mentioned, um, they're just they're just too well built. Um, they've they've done a phenomenal job of of sort of rebuilding while maintaining um, an excellent team. Um, and and Ethan just you know Falcao didn't work out at Manchester United. Well, come on down south to Chelsea. <laughs> down here, just a very typical uh, Mourinho move, I think. So. Um, you know, again, a phenomenal team. And as much as I think um, players like Bastian Schweinsteiger will, will help uh, Manchester United, I really don't uh, see anyone beating Chelsea. Um, you know, and I do think it'll be a great season. I look forward to some tough competition. But at the end of the day, Mourinho has has the winning formula, and he has had it for a while, and there's not another manager in the Premier League who can claim that at this point. Jimmy, I... As you know, on Twitter, I've been kind of suggesting at this. I think Arsenal has a real chance. I know that's a really trendy, popular pick, especially after the Community Shield. I like the addition of uh, Peter Cech. I wonder if they can get uh, Kareem Benzema in. I don't, you know, who knows what transfer rumors are. I mean, have you heard anything on that lately, if Benzema may be moving there? It's kind of gone all quiet in the last few days. Um, it? it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of typical Arsenal to wait until nearing the end of the transfer window come the end of August before they do their business. Um, they're not known for getting their names signed early on. They tend to rush around and get it done last minute and probably pay a little bit over the odds. I think Arsenal will have a good season. Obviously, they've, they've won these three trophies before the season's even started, <laughs> which has got everybody... Yeah, the treble. The first team to ever win the treble. The, well, this treble, anyway, which is including their own cup that they invented. Um, but I think they'll do very well. I, I don't think they've got the mental strength, unfortunately, though, to sustain a challenge all the way through the season against a Mourinho-led side, against a Van Aal stronger United, and throw in Pellegrini leading City as well, you know, I still think they'll do well to even finish in the top two. Right, um, and that uh, you know that seems like a reoccurring thing is how mentally strong are Arsenal. Um, I, two two betting angles. I was going to ask you this: 
Jimmy, um, if I wanted to bet Arsenal to win the championship or to win the EPL and, and well, not and, but or uh, Man City not to be in the top four, what kind of odds would you look at those? Crikey, now you put me on the spot. I think Arsenal are about plus 450 for the title. Uh-huh. Uh, and for Man City to drop out the top four, then you're looking at well over uh, plus 200, I would imagine. Probably a lot okay. more. I've not got the odds to hand. But, yeah, that, that would be a major shock. Although a lot of people are suggesting that they may regress quite a lot this season as their squad's getting older. Yeah, I, that, those are my predictions. Jimmy, uh, excuse me, James, do you have any predictions for the EPL? I'm saying Arsenal win it, Man City fall out top four. Those are my big predictions. Well, the only prediction I make is the same one that I make every year, and that is that Leeds United will win the championship and reemerge back into their former glory days and dominate the Premier League in the following season. Uh, Jimmy, what are the odds of that happening? Uh, Manchester United, about plus 500. No, of, of uh, Leeds United coming up oh, Leeds winning United. Sorry. Yes, that's Coming back Leeds. up, winning promotion. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I'll be honest, I don't really know um, what the odds are on the, the championship. It's not a league I've been uh, concentrating on too much. It would be a little bit of a shock, though, because they do seem to still, even after all these years, be in a little disarray, um, especially with their crazy Italian owners. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. Well, uh, Jimmy, you have any questions for us? I mean, you know, we brought you on here. We, we've given you the, you know, ask you questions to the nth degree. Do you have anything for us that you want to ask okay. us Americans? College football, final four. Uh, Name them. Okay. James, you want to go first or you want me? Wow. Uh, um, I would like for you to go first. Okay, well, uh, James and I are both Georgia fans, so we're going to put Georgia in there. Obviously. We're both number one. <laughs> in there, for sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ohio State, their road is way too easy. You have to throw them in there. Um, and then I think you have to start looking at possibly a, a Florida State, Clemson. I don't think that's going to happen uh, necessarily. I think you have to probably look at another SEC team. I kind of fancy Auburn. I know that they have, they have to play Georgia and Alabama as well, um, but they get both of them at home. I'm thinking that here's my prediction, Jimmy. Uh, Georgia loses to Auburn in the regular season. They beat them in the SEC championship game. Um, but they both wow. get to go in. They both get to go in. I'm taking Ohio State, and then let's see one more. Let's say is, USC um, is Ohio State the one with three quarterbacks. Yes, <laughs> that is well, that not one. not yes. obviously three quarterbacks because that's not fair. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, no, they they are. But one of them recently decided to move to wide receiver. All right, as you do, so, so, as you do. So they're so they're down they're down to two. Um, but yeah, he can play it. Yeah, that's Ohio State. They have a you know the returning champions. They have a very easy schedule. I think they're they they won't have a, a, any kind of trouble getting into the to the final four. All right, that thank you. Great question though. Great question. We, any, anytime we can we can throw college football back into this, we love. It. Um, Jimmy, we really appreciate you uh, coming on. Safe travels. Let us know. Um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to reach out to you again, which would mean you safely got home uh, tonight. <laughs> But, uh, no, we really appreciate you coming on. Everyone follow Jimmy on Twitter at UKBettingPro. Follow James at JamesCar, C-A-R-89. And follow myself, Colin Drew. Uh, once again, everyone, we appreciate you listening. Stay tuned uh, next week for the Golden Gold Podcast. You can follow us on Stitcher. It will be up on iTunes soon as well. 
And uh, if you have any questions for Jimmy, myself, or James, feel free to always reach out to us on Twitter. All right, guys, have a good one. Thanks, Drew. Thank you, mate. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for coming on. He's, he can edit this afterwards, so we really appreciate Pleasure. it. Wonderful. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yep, yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Anytime. Speak soon. All right, okay. bye-bye. Bye. Cheers, man, Mike. Hey, Drew.